And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Episode 84. We are rounding out Halloween. The 31 days has flown by, even though technically it's not over because it's never till Thursday, but you get the point. Yes. And y'all, we got shit every day this week. So just be prepared. I mean, we've had shit every day, every day. But you know, <laughs> but like content. big shit this week. Mm-hmm. Big, huge oh, what movie. Pretty woman. Mm-hmm. Like Donna's Wet Dream Big. You're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, mine too. <laughs> okay, talking about the wet dream. Oh, God. Shit got hot this past week. Hot. In my mouth, fucking burning hot. <laughs> <laughs> it's not what y'all think. No, y'all. Regina, one of the creepsters, she sent us a whole box of Mexican candy. Which was decorated very cutely by her son. Ethan, yes. Ethan killed it with the spooky and the decorations, and it was amazing. It was so good. The candy, some was good. Some was really good, and I was like, put that to the side and save that forever. Oh, for sure. Because I'm going to eat that. Mm-hmm. Some, well, mm, a lot was chili powder covered. Uh-uh. Everything. Mm-hmm. And now my stomach is chili powder covered. <laughs> yes. And it's not okay. <laughs> My tongue is still not right. My stomach is sending out an SOS. <laughs> is that what I heard from the bathroom earlier? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't It was a wet dream. It was my stomach. Oh, my God. <laughs> I haven't made you laugh that hard in a long time. It wasn't even that funny. <laughs> We had so much fun trying all that candy. We did it on a Facebook Live. So if you missed it or you're not in the Facebook group, I'm not sure what you're doing in your life, but go over there, join, and watch it because it was hilarious. I did make Carrie stuff a lot of shit in her mouth. I mean, it's not the first time that's happened. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we also have new Patreoners that are amazing and getting all of the October good good and the backlog of all the bonus shit. Mm-hmm. So, thank you so freaking much, Jessica F. from Oklahoma. Erin L. from Rhode Island. Candace A. from California. Zandra M. from Texas. Avery O. from California. And Hadley R. from Kentucky. And Hadley has a very special friend, Valeria. I need more friends like that. Mm -hmm. You need to step your game up, Donna. Um, I, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. It's too tall. I can't make it up there. Look, just get a ladder and step your fucking game up. Because Valeria hooked Hadley up with the Screepster membership. Membership? We're not a membership. Patreonage thingy. And I need friends like that in my life. Hey, Valeria, if you want to have another BFF, uh, Carrie's available. Please yeah. take her off my hands. Because Donna doesn't do nice things like that. Mm-hmm. Ever. Mm-hmm. Just kidding. Yes, she does. Jumping right into my story. Ten minutes into the intro. It takes me a long time to get there, okay? Not me. Well, advertise your goods somewhere else. (laughs) (laughs) Not that kind of a podcast. (laughs) Okay. Picture it. Not Carrie, but picture it. (laughs) Picture it. 1965, Yabuch Cabal, and that is in Brazil. So if I butchered it, I am very sorry It is about 200 miles north of Sao Paulo, Brazil. Mm -hmm. 
there's this family who is super normal, living their super normal lives, until one day, something changed, and from then on, things were anything but normal. Dun-dun-dun. The normal family is the Ferreira family. Again, Portuguese. I'm trying. It seems right to me. Okay. One day, completely out of the blue, there was a brick that fell from the sky. Think, Henny Penny, the sky is falling shit. It is happening. I swear to God, I was about to say, what in the Henny Penny is going on? And then you <laughs> kept talking and I was like, mm. <laughs> Stole your fucking joke. But they didn't actually see it fall from the sky, but they did see a random brick inside their house. And they thought it was odd, but didn't really have an answer for it. Waved the incident off, went on about their normal routine. However, the falling bricks continued to occur over the next several days. And it would like materialize out of the ceiling and fall to the ground. Like they would see it materialize up at the ceiling? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. And they're Catholic. And I swear, Catholics know when something the fuck is up. Mm Mm-hmm. So they sought the help of their local priest. He performed an exorcism on the house, but, you know, it didn't really work, and it just kind of made matters worse. Could you imagine just being, like, a local priest at some local Catholic church, and you're just sitting in your local church, (laughs) and these locals come up to you, (laughs) and they're like, look at our house. Some fucking bricks are just appearing. And you kind of, like, go do an exorcism. Like, you're like, they didn't teach me that in preschool. We skipped that part. I was sick that day. Mm-hmm. I don't fucking know how to do an exorcism. Like, I feel like that's something, like, that's like a surgeon being like, I'm going to take out your appendix today, and I'm I'm still in med school. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, you got to practice that shit. Yeah. Like, what if you forget the words? <laughs> I mean, true. And you'd be nervous. The demon would know. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. Well, first question he would ask is, where is your house located? And I would say, it's local. This is why we work. We finish each other's... Sandwiches. Whatever. We don't have leftovers. I was about to say, we don't finish each other's food because we eat it. All right. So now the family is going, well, fuck. What do we do now? On December 21st, a neighbor who was also a dentist, so kind of funny that you brought the medical profession up in here, but he was also a spiritist, and his name is Volpe. His last name is Volpe. Well, they contacted him because they were like, look, word on the street is that you can extract teeth, but also the demons. They were practically begging for his expertise, guidance, anything he could bestow upon them. Mm -hmm. Mm, You like that? Because now their daughter was the target of this supernatural torture. Oh, shit. Yeah. How old was she? 11 years old. Oh, Yeah, so the bricks were not just falling or being placed in the house. They were actually being thrown at Maria. Okay, that is out of control. Mm Mm-hmm. And 11 is a hard enough age for a girl. I mean, for a boy, too, I'm sure, but I only know my life. That's a hard fucking age. Yes. You don't need a demon throwing fucking bricks at you when you already got all... uh -uh. So after Volpe spoke with the family, you know, did everything, he was like, "Mm, this isn't being caused by an evil entity, but it's classic poltergeist activity. Oh. So you were on the money with shit's hard, 
an 11. I usually put Poltergeist together, though. I'm, I know. I'm disappointed in myself. Epic fail, man. Mm-hmm. Poor girl. I know. Well, he was like, look, I think she's actually a natural medium. So this is why it's attaching to her mm. more. You know, like things are being thrown at her. And so he's like, look, let me take her back to my house and watch her. No, the fuck you're not. Oh, hell no. I mean, I feel like this is abducted in plain sight. Donna, I swear to God, I was about to just (laughs) say, this is fucking no, no, no abducted in plain sight. Mm -hmm. But they let him. Oh, God. Yeah. And so nothing happened for a few days. But then stones and eggs began appearing in places, flying around the rooms. At the house where the daughter isn't? No, at his house. At his house. He counted a total of 312 stones that had fallen inside his house since Maria had gotten there. And not all of them were like pebbles like Carrie, you know, springs her ankle over. <laughs> um, but some of them weighed 3.7 kilograms, which is a little more than eight pounds. Also, there was one time that there was this large stone, probably, you know, more than eight pounds. It appeared, began to descend upon them from the ceiling, and then it broke into two pieces, like someone cracked the fucking egg. So it broke into when it was about four feet from the ground. When they, like, got them, you know, they're like, huh, this is weird. Well, they held them up in their hands, and they kind of just snap together so it was like when you know you have magnets and stuff it so it was magnetized crazy it's like what the fuck but then it kind of went away like the magnetism went away over a short period of time and then like with the eggs one day there is a whole dozen of eggs that was in the refrigerator like not by him He didn't do a Walmart pickup. And she can't drive, so. Exactly. So they're like, what? Then three eggs appeared underneath a rooster in the backyard. Like, that's not how that works. Mm -mm -mm. Well, when they found the eggs underneath the rooster, they're like, "Uh, this isn't right. Well, three eggs were missing from the refrigerator. But it had never been opened. The refrigerator? Yeah. (laughs) How they know that it, nothing had ever been opened? Girl, I don't know. That's what... Fake. That's what it's saying. Okay. Another occasion is a stone had appeared out of thin air again, like Chris Angel, mind freak it. Then it tapped three people lightly on the head, like bump, bump, bump. Duck, duck, goose. Damn. Well, after it said goose, it fell to the floor. Well, all of them were like, it didn't seem like we were hit with a stone or anything. They said it felt like they had been hit with compressed air, but not from upside down. Because y'all, if y'all do that, that is not cool. That's cold. (laughs) It's ice cold. (laughs) So Volpe was like, these people got a sense of humor. Okay. Okay. Well, it turns out that when he talked to Maria about this, she was like, Yeah, I have invisible friends, and they're, like, again, friendly and whatever. So she was kind of getting used to the chaos, I guess. But also, 
she was able to ask her invisible friends for things and they would appear like at her feet. What? Mm -hmm. So like a flower would appear. There was this one time that Maria was out with a Volpe and a friend and she was like, oh my God, I love that brooch. You know, I mean, shiny, sparkly. Yeah. Same way, girl. You just comment on things that you like. Yeah. Well, immediately, that brooch appeared at her feet. (gasps) And then she had wanted something sweet there, and it didn't appear, like, right at her feet. Well, then when they got home, she was out in the yard, probably playing, you know, whatevs. And then there were a lot of sugar apple fruits that were, like, laid at her feet. This reminds me of an episode of Ghosts in the Burbs. Right? Don't you remember that one? Yes. Well, when she came in and was like, look at all of this, you know, they were like, "Um, where did you get that? Because I had been in a bag inside. (gasps) Yeah. See? Oh, my God. So, you know, things had changed from things being thrown and like, you know, an eight pound fucking stone to gifts and, you know, like all of these things. But then it changed back and it got even worse. Oh, Well, because there has to be a balance. Like, you can't get all of these things without something bad happening either to someone else or, like, it has to create balance. Yeah. Did you learn that from Gust and the Burbs, too? I did. did. (laughs) Over about a three-week time span, there were glasses and, like, flower vases just thrown about shit, you know, like, being chunked. Someone was pissed. The heavier the furniture was, the more that the poltergeist would want to throw it or, like, do everything to it, to destroy it. All of the tableware, everything had been destroyed. There were also some instances where pictures were torn off of the wall and then flung into the ground, across the room, into other rooms, One time, two people were in the kitchen, and they saw a glass dish that was obviously from the kitchen and a mirror from the bedroom cross in midair when they were coming from each room. It's like tag team, back again. Check in and let's begin. Party on, party (laughs) on, we hear some noise. That's all I know. And I didn't really know that. I don't really know what they say at the beginning. Okay. However, Maria kept being the target of, like, the really bad shit. She was repeatedly bitten and slapped on her face and her bottom. Okay, you can slap me on my butt, but do not slap me in the fucking face. I mean, certain times. No, 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 no. Do not slap my face. Again. Not into it. Especially with a certain appendage. I mean, that's different. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) She would have bruises all over her body. She had chairs thrown at her. Like I said, larger the better. So a large sofa was thrown at her. And even there was a glass cylinder Which was taken off of the wall and chunked at her. So are any of them hitting her or she just like, like Matrix style, like dodges them? (laughs) No, some are hitting her. Then it got even worse because she was sleeping, you know, your favorite pastime. 
And she woke up being suffocated by a cup being forced over her mouth and nose. And then there were also some attempts at sexual violation, they said. But, uh, you know, maybe. Allegedly. Yeah, we don't know. Now, this one takes the cake for me. Like, in the worst way possible. They literally took the cake. (laughs) Motherfucker. It's not always about the food. (laughs) Oh, my God. Have we ever told that story? I think, but you should again. Okay, y'all. So, you know when kids don't listen to people, you know, whatever. All the time. Mm -hmm. My mama, she would get me because, again, she knew it was always about the food. And so she would say something to me, and if I didn't respond, she would whisper, Chocolate cake. And then I'd be like, what? She was like, uh-huh. So what I was saying was... Go clean your room. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this bitch, but where my cake at? Mm-hmm. And so now, I mean, it's a it's a joke. It's been a joke since then, but it always works. You tried it on me the other day and it didn't work. Yeah, it didn't work. I was like, well... If you just said, cookie cake. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, enough with the chocolate cake, though. But do you have any to make? Mm-mm. Okay. There are multiple times, but, like, this one time this happened, and I was like, have to include this, but shivers everywhere. Shiver me, temper. Needles Mm -mm. were found deep in her left heel. (gasps) Not in the heel. Ouch, Mm -hmm. ouch, ouch. Mm -hmm. Have you ever had a stone bruise? Ouch. Yes. Yes. You're not the only one who steps on pebbles. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just the only one that sprains her ankle on them. (laughs) Most people know how to step off of them. (laughs) Yours is like, it's like a fucking. uh, It's like that, like that gif of the model walking when her. Oh, (laughs) Uh -uh, I hate that one. Well, when she sprains her ankle, like when her ankles are like wobble, wobble. I could just hear the ligaments tearing. God, ouch. Okay. But this would happen when she even had socks and shoes on. Like, it wasn't like, you were walking barefoot, doing mm-hmm. whatever. Like, well, also, why are there just fucking needles laying around? You mm-hmm, know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This one particular time, there were 55 needles that had to be removed from her heel. Holy ouch. hmm And when they would put the bandage on her, like, after they'd taken them all out, it would be torn off of her. Like, is she going to the doctor and having this shit done? Yeah. I'm guessing. Well, honestly, I don't know. I shouldn't say yeah, because I don't know. Well, then, when you think, what can be worse than fucking needles? And I'm sure they were, like, the sewing needles. You yeah, know, like, yeah, yeah, It yeah. wasn't, like, syringes. Yes. But things got even worse. March 14th, 1966. Maria is at school eating lunch with her friends, probably being like, you want that chocolate milk? When, all of a sudden... Her clothes caught fire. What? Yeah. Stop, drop, and roll. And they say that it originated from a round scorch mark that looked like it had been caused from like a cigarette burn or something. I mean, if this is real, emphasis on the if, could you imagine like living your best life, sitting at your lunch table, you know, complaining about I don't know, your science teacher, and then your friend just, like, literally catches on fire. Like, that's hot. 
Ooh, that's fire. No, 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 no. Legit, she's on fire. What do you, like, what do you even do? And, like, okay, let's say you're the principal. You're just, like, dee-doop-boop-boop-boop to her parents, and you're, like, well, dee-doop-boop-boop-boop to the dentist. (laughs) And you're, like, um, Maria called on fire today, so, um, can you bring her another set of clothes? She got the fire crutch. Damn. Damn. (laughs) We're done. We're done. (laughs) Moving on. Too far. Well, if they called the dentist, boop, 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 it'd be like, bump, 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 whatever the business signal was. Mm-hmm. Because same afternoon, his bedroom burst into flames. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. And it said that he was badly burned after he went in and grabbed a pillow. Mm-hmm. A pillow with all the inappropriate things attached to it that mm-hmm. he had been doing with Maria. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that seemed really... This is uh, this is very uncomfortable, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Like the dentist and the Maria thing, it mm-hmm. it really does give me the skeeps. Like it's yeah, makes me very uncomfortable. To me, it's kind of like which we can talk about it like after this, but it's kind of like if she did have the poltergeist mm-hmm. attached to you know like whatever. But then when she moved into his house, it got worse. Uh huh. Because what's he doing to her to yeah. increase her anxiety to make it worse? Yeah. Uh huh. And then like. Her bursted into flames in his bedroom. bedroom. Uh-huh. Yeah. Anyway, allegedly, we don't know. Well, she lived with him for a little over, like, a year, almost two years. And, like I said, the activity had worsened. And so he was kind of at the end of his rope, too. Well, in his last, like, Hail Mary of a thing, he took her to a spiritist center. And... It was ran by this respected medium, Chico Javier. And while there, Javier said a spirit came to him and like was speaking through him then and said that Maria was a witch and a lot of people suffered and I died because of her. And now we are making her suffer too. Oh shit. Like from a past life? Yes. Fuck. So that she had used black magic and was responsible for a lot of people's death. Shit. Yeah. So they're like, oh, okay. Well, what do we do? You know? Yeah. And so took her back to Velope's house and he had like a prayer circle around her and, you know, like talked to spirit guides and they used magnetic passes over her body and... This did, like, protect her from the serious attacks that were going on. But stones, fruit, vegetables, like, all of that still would be flying around when she was present and stuff. So, it's, you know, on the sword in the stone, Mm -hmm. when it's cleaning, like, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? It's, like, going everywhere. That's what I feel like. It was just, like, all around her was, like, this chaos. So, he's at the end of his rope. He's like, look. You're not being harmed anymore, but shit's still going on. I don't know what to do. Yeah. Go on back to your parents. Because she's around 13 at this time. Oh, so she's pubescent now, not Uh prepubescent. And Mm -hmm. so he sends her home. Fucking creepy. I know. I'm so glad that you're there with me on this, too. Because I I was like, Carrie's going to be like, Donna, you make everything. So, you know. No, this is. Yeah. No, this is not okay. That's what I thought, too. However. There's a sad ending to this story. One day in 1970, when she was like 15 or 16, 
years old. She died by suicide. Oh, God. The activity had never really ceased, but it wasn't attacking her anymore, but it was still shit being thrown around. Chaos. Yeah. But uh, what had happened is that she made a soft drink, laced it with pesticides, (gasps) and died instantly. After her death, no other poltergeist activity was reported with the family, in the house, anything. But, so here's the thing. Was it suicide or was it homicide? Because we know that the spirit had tried to suffocate her before with, like, the glass over the mouth and stuff. Mm. And so, like, did they put the pesticide in her drink? You know, like, if it was open or whatever. Mm, I don't know. Because if they, okay. Because they moved the eggs. They moved all of the Yeah, yeah. Stuff. I think that if the poltergeist thing is true and real and all the things, it, it they're capable of it. But why at that point? It had been four or five years. The activity had decreased. It wasn't as aggressive. So, like, why then? Because maybe she didn't have any energy left for it to really feed on. And so they wanted to kill her and make her suffer at that point. But if the poltergeist did it, then it ends the energy that they feed on. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe then it all starts over. Again, it's all a reincarnation Reincarnation. and stuff. And maybe her penance for the black magic stuff from her previous life was over. Yeah. I don't know. Who knows? Golly. Well, if you remember back to the Bell Witch that I did, you know, mm-hmm. like when you were sick that time. Mm-hmm. Um, Which time? Because <laughs> a solid fucking year. <laughs> True. But the Bell Witch took credit for John Bell's death when after he drank the poison. Remember mm-hmm. when it was like, oh, and then I died. You yeah. Know? And she was like, I, 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 it was me. Oh, I think it went just like that. Uh-huh. I mean, pretty sure that Will can probably put a clip in and it probably told it. Just like that? Yeah. That poor girl, that poor family. Yeah. Fuck that dentist. Well, and you know, it sucks when people, again, we don't even know if this happened, but everything like just kind of feels like that, you know? Literally, it's your gut. For me, it's my gut instinct saying it's not right. Yeah. And if your gut is telling you that, mm, it probably isn't right. Or you're hungry. I mean, I am hungry right now. (laughs) Okay. But if that's it, it's like these people know who to prey on Mm -hmm. to because it's these really devout people who come to them in a time of crisis that they know something about that. It's like, again, something supernatural, you know, or something unexplained. And so you're grasping at straws and then, hey, I can do this and, you know, in your suffering. And, of course, they're at their weakest moment. Their daughter's being attacked by an unseen force, yet they don't know that she's going to continue being attacked. But mm-hmm. this is going to be a scene force. It's almost how cult leaders do it mm-hmm. in that they they prey on, like you said, people who are vulnerable and then – they also know how to instill the fear that keeps you there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and poor Maria at this time, she's so fucking frazzled. And young. And he could tell her, 
like the you know the demon got me or whatever and mm-hmm. made me do it i don't want to oh, yeah, do it absolutely but this is what's going you know what i mean oh that makes my stomach hurt so bad so fucking bad i i really truly hope that that's not the case and i you know who knows if these people are even fucking real yeah but if they are real don't sue us volpe's family <laughs> but it just it just feels icky yeah and it feels if it feels icky it probably is yeah. I feel like it goes with what we always say. These stories are scary, but then it's like the real life monsters who make it even more scary. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, having an unseen force throw shit at you and all of that crazy. Mm-hmm. But then add on to it like, holy fuck, you can't even trust anyone. Mm-hmm. And the person you think you can trust is going to hurt you more physically and mentally than these unseen forces and you know what I mean? Like it's. And again, if the poltergeist thing is real period, but also in this context, then he was only creating more of those emotions Mm -hmm. that was making everything worse for her. Yeah. And he probably got off on that too. Like, because he is into the spirit, like Mm -hmm. he's a spiritist. So of course he wants to be able to study it more, Mm -hmm. but then also, get his nasty Ugh, I can't even. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, fuck you. Just that poor baby and her poor family. Yeah. And honestly, poor dentist, if we're wrong. You know? You know, if he really mm-hmm. was this a good man that was trying to help, I'm sorry. But mm, probably not. Yeah. Survey says probably not. Mm-hmm. Survey says creepy. But that is the story of Maria. Those fucking needles, though. When I, I was like, did I read that wrong? Uh-uh. Did, did I read that wrong? 55 needles in her fucking heel. Mm-hmm. But also, how big? And then who is taking them out? And where do they go into the doctor? I have so many unanswered questions. I know. Which tells me this is probably not even a real story. <laughs> Fake. Just kidding, sort of. I hope it is. Real? Fake. Oh. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, was like, like, uh... I hope it's real in the sense, because I believe poltergeist activity isn't even just, like, paranormal. It's... Like energy, our, yeah, it's energy, it's in our psyche, like it's our energy with the world because it's true. Like when you walk into a place and you feel that different energy, and it's like, oh, fuck, Carrie's in a bad mood, or you know what I mean, whatever, like you can feel that energy, oh, absolutely. So if you do have a stronger connection or whatever, and you don't harness it, mm-hmm. I feel like, yeah, you could. Well, and I wonder why if she was able to be like, hey, yeah, I have these, like, invisible friends. Like, if she's talking to them enough, like, I wonder why she couldn't get it out of them. I'm sure she didn't actually talk to him. Like, mm, maybe, you know, she's young. And if she's like, I want that brooch. And it's a brooch. she be like, my friend got it for me. Mm-hmm. I was holding it for a friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Well, it was a good one. Thought provoking. Yeah, really. Yeah. Let us know what y'all think mm-hmm. about that for sure. Is it real? Is it fake? Are we assholes to the dentist or are we right? Yeah. Let us know. This episode is sponsored by Debbie Draws Funny. And y'all know, y'all have heard us talk about it for the last couple of episodes, how much we freaking love these cards. Debbie is a creepster just like us. She makes the best cards, all hand-drawn, and they are the best cards to give for 
weirdos in your life just like us. Mm-hmm. And you know what's coming up? The holidays. And what's that mean? Cards. All the cards. Gotta send them out. And you know what? You want to stand out. Damn, are you writing cards for her now? Fuck. <laughs> I mean, look, people going to be getting their cards with their pictures of their families and their dogs. Why not send murder? Mm-hmm. Mayhem. Stand out. Be quirky. Be different. Just like the cards. Mm-hmm. Let your freak flag fly. And just like last time, there is a pretty freaking sweet deal for all the creepsters out there. So if you go to DebbieDrawsFunny.com, that's D-E-B-B-I-E, DrawsFunny.com, you will get $5 off a $20 purchase. So go ahead and get all your holiday cards, stock up, get ready, send them out. Remember, DebbieDrawsFunny.com, D-E-B-B-I-E, DrawsFunny.com, for $5 off, $20, promo code, Creep It Real. Okay. Picture it. October 26, 2014. Oh, shit. Don't have to go that far back. Mm-mm. You're living your best life. There's a Halloween party that night, and it's a fucking rager. Okay? This guy, Michael Williams, he is throwing his annual Halloween party, and it is huge. Okay? 600 people huge. What? Uh-huh. 600 people huge, big-ass bonfire, games, prizes for costumes, like, parking attendants in the yard, because they're at, you're at this big, like, farm where you're having this party, like, but they gotta have people with the little things, directing traffic. Yeah. It's a big fucking party. And you are so excited, it's the first time you're ever going. Okay. Well, that's exactly how Chelsea Brooke was. It was her first time... She was so excited. She's young. She had been working weeks on her costume. Oh, gosh. She decided that she was going to go as Poison Ivy. Oh, love it. She, like, it was a homemade costume where she, like, had this top that she wore that she, like, hand-sewed leaves on to make it look all, you know, Poison Ivy. Mm-hmm. She had her a purple wig. She had her a big jug that she put some wine in to say, and then said poison on it. Like, she was in it. Yeah. Chelsea Brooke was kind of just like the all-American girl, what you think of when you think of the girl next door. She was the youngest of five kids. She was from a small town in Michigan called Maybe, Michigan. No, maybe? Maybe. Question mark? Question mark? Like, small town as in, like, 560 people. Holy shit. We went to high school with double that. In 2014, Chelsea was 22, just young, like I said, living her best life. She was a waitress at this place called Olga's Kitchen, and it was in the mall of Monroe, which is in Frenchtown Township, which, to you know what that sounds like to me? Do you remember on Mr. Deeds when she's like, she lives in something Townsfieldville? Yes, yes. Chelsea and her coworker Laura Taylor, they were going to go to Michael Williams' big Halloween party. Can we call it his Monster Bash? Sure. Okay. So, Chelsea rode to the Monster Bash with her friend, Laura Taylor, whom she worked with. And when they got there, when they went in, Chelsea left her purse and her cell phone in the car because she's like, you know, this does not go with my costume. Exactly. I mean, I do the same thing, except for I would put my phone in my bra because who can be without their phone? 
And you have to drunk dial somebody. I mean, if you're not, well, I would drunk text, let's be honest. I don't call people. (laughs) But if you're not drunk texting somebody, are you really living? (laughs) Yeah, a great life. Yeah. You don't have shame. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And all that baggage that comes with the one eye drunk text. um, Oh, God, the one eye when you can't, you have to close one eye because there's two of everything. Mm hmm. And, like, I think that Laura and Chelsea were friends, but I don't know how close they were. Because when they got to the party, they kind of went their separate ways. Yeah. Which is totally fine. Nothing, you know. Well, okay. This party was huge. Like I said, 600 people. A couple of articles I found said there was actually 1,000 people there. Holy shit. How do people know that many people? Friends of friends of friends of friends. Well, because the guy, Michael Williams, whose party it was, he, again, had these every year. But he's like a vocalist for this band, this kind of local band. And so, you know, they're just it was a big deal. But like, so they knew that it was going to be a big party because they had parking for all these people, you know. Yeah. And there were 15 security guards. So like, you know, it was. Yeah. It was a big rager, but it wasn't like stupid kids. Right. Doing, you know, like it was like a legit party it was planned yes they had the like i said the parking the people directing the parking they had security they had this huge bonfire you know it was just a fun night until it wasn't exactly another friend that was with chelsea was penny renee watkins and she said that during the party you know again chelsea living her best life hanging out talking to people drinking just like everybody else was And she said that while Chelsea was, like, walking around, she got distracted. I don't know what she did. But she, like, walked into this wooden structure and, like, hit her nose and, like, you know. Like the bridge of her nose? Yes, the bridge of her nose. Cut it. And, like, it really hurt her, you know. Well, she said that basically she was, like, gave her a couple of sips of vodka and sent her on her way. You know, she was, like, cool after that. So wait, so Chelsea did it. Yeah, Chelsea's the one that hit her nose. Okay. Well, about this time, Laura leaves the party to go home, and she gives all of Chelsea's stuff to Penny, like, doesn't, you know, just as like, here, take her shit, you know, can you take her home? And she's like, yeah, cool. Well, when Penny's ready to go home, she's like me. When she's ready, she's fucking ready. Mm -hmm. Bye, everybody. I'm going to bed. I'm taking a shower and I'm going to bed. Yeah. So she, like, walks around, looks for Chelsea for, like, five minutes doesn't see her and she's like "Mm, okay i'm leaving so she leaves the party and has all of chelsea's stuff oh my gosh and she had like ridden home with her sister because she was she was drunk too you know yeah so she had a ride herself but i'm like you're at a party with 600 people you're gonna look for five minutes right also can a can the girl get her cell phone in a fuck or a fucking walkie-talkie like how you supposed to find each other i know i know well here see this is why i can't just go out with random people though because Stick to fucking gather. I know. this. Do not leave me at a fucking party. I'm not going to leave you. Mm-hmm. Fucking get your buddy system. Don't leave your friends. Mm-hmm. Be like, we in this vicinity over here. Okay? Yes. If when you go out, over there, you let me know, and we're going to merge over there together. Yes. And have you a meeting place? Have you a fucking SOS? Have you something? <laughs> and I answer, cuckoo. <laughs> <laughs> This is why we're single, people. This is why we're single. Yes, because legit, I have, I have done that in public. And this is also why we don't get invited to monster bashes. 
we're going to have 600 people, but not those two. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, not those two. Not those. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. Who, who put them on here? Who invited those girls? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. And Penny was like, yeah, you know, I mean, I saw her earlier. She was like talking to this guy like in the parking lot area. You know, she's fine. Cool. I'm going to go home. Well, at 2.30, she gets a call from an unknown number, and she answers it, and it's Chelsea, and she's like, hey, like, I'm ready to leave the party. Like, I need a ride. And she's like, girl, I'm home. Like, I am home. I am in bed. I am in no fucking shape to drive. Too yeah. drunk. You're going to have to figure something out. Good thing she knew her number. I, it was 2014. I didn't know shit for people's numbers in 2014. I seriously know, well, obviously mine. Yours, my brother's, my sister, who's no longer here, mm-hmm. so you gonna need that. You're going to need a fucking Ouija board to call her now. <laughs> exactly. And my parents' home number. That's it. I know. And Timony's first two cell phone numbers. Yeah, I was going to say, my cell phone number has not changed since 2004. I was about to I say think. 2004. So mine's easy because mine never fucking changes. Mm-hmm. And so, my brother's is close to yours, so that's yes. how I know his. So it's like, if you have a cell phone number that hasn't changed since I had to remember numbers, mm-hmm. I'll remember it. Like, I, well, I know yours now because I've forced myself to mem- remember it. Remember it. <laughs> I forced myself to remember it. Anyway, so I know so I know yours, and I know my parents. That's it. Yeah. I would be fucked if I had to call somebody. I know. I know. I'd be like, uh, I know Tiffany's number two cell phones ago, though. <laughs> Also, though, if y'all listened to the second AMA, y'all heard that Carrie and I are very codependent, and <laughs> I don't give her, like, a two-hour span of, where is she? <laughs> no, I'm like, it's been 15 minutes, and she said she was going to pee. And this girl is, like, a sprinkle-tinkle master. Like, she'll be like, I'm going to pee, and here's two drinks already. Like, where the fuck did you go? Like, I haven't even, like, scrolled through one post on Facebook, and she's done. Fifteen minutes later, what the fuck? Y'all, if y'all haven't heard it, go listen, because it's one of me and Carrie's all-time fights. (laughs) All-time fights. Legitimately 13 years later. (laughs) After Penny got that call from Chelsea at 2.30, that was the last time anybody saw or heard from Chelsea. Oh, gosh. So the next morning... When Chelsea's supposed to be home, her family's like, um, you know, where is she? So they report her missing and they start interviewing people and, you know, searching for her. But remember, there's 600 people plus at this party. Wow. In costume. And yes, 600 plus people all in costume, all drunk or high because there was apparently a lot of drugs Mm. there. And so you're trying to get people to remember a night and remember times and detail that they just can't. Yeah. The police come to Michael Williams again, his party. And they're like, look, you know, this girl's missing. Can we search the property? And he's like, absolutely. Here's everything. I'll help. Yeah. You know, at first he was like, you know, thinking like this girl just got drunk. Like she's probably literally just lay laying out here sleeping, you know? Yeah. And so he goes to help him, you know, and he takes his dog out with him to, like, go look for Chelsea. And his dog stepped in a fox trap. And no. so I know, I know, I know. And so he's like, look, 
my dog's hurt. Like, I'm going to take him to the vet. Like, I'll be back. But y'all keep looking. Oh, my God. He said he was gone for, like, two hours. And when he came back, there were 20 cars there. Like, all these people there searching the fields looking for her. Did the dog make it? Yeah, the dog's fine. Okay. I guess. So, they looked and they looked and they looked and nothing they found nothing and they know that the party was about eight miles away from chelsea's house and so they were like well i mean it's october in michigan i imagine it's not hot you know yeah and so they're just like where is she again the last time anybody saw or heard from her was at like 2 30 but they some people said that they saw her leaving with a guy so the family is doing every single thing that they can to find her They've got leaflets, like over a million leaflets of information about her that were passed out. There was a hashtag find Chelsea Brooke bracelets made using Facebook, you know, just that kind of like crowdsourcing, but for lack of a better word, to find her. The detectives that were assigned to the case, you know, her mom's the one that reported her missing. They get her cell phone and they're using her cell phone to like track people down. But it wasn't until... The spring of 2015, that the police got their first break. They found one of Chelsea's shoes in a ditch that was about two and a half miles from where the party was. Wow. Wow. What ended up happening was this guy that owned a lot of land was doing things that people do with land, you know, leveling it so that he could like add property to it, all the stuff. So, while he's out there working, he finds a body. Mm-hmm. He was actually on the phone with his wife when he found it. And he was like, I just found somebody. I got to let you go. I have to call the police. You know, and they found her costume before they found her. Like, her costume was found actually at, like, this industrial site. Her body was found, like, with some brush covering it. And they had to use dental records to identify it as her. Fuck. Because she was found on April 24th of 2015. So, you know, a solid six months later. It just breaks my heart, too, like, just thinking about her costume being found. Because she spent so long on that costume. She had worked so hard, you know, putting those leaves on the leotard. Like, she wanted to win the prize of best costume at this party. Like, that was her goal. Yeah. And I just picture this poor girl walking around this party. She'd already hurt her nose. When she wanted to go home, her friends that were supposed to have taken her home had already left. They had her cell phone. They had her purse. They had her everything. How was she supposed to get home? She asked all these people at the party, like, will you take me home? Will you take me home? And they all said no. So it's said that, like, at 3 o'clock, she left the party, you know, walking home. Because what the fuck is a girl supposed to do? Like, a person. who doesn't matter if she's a girl or a boy. What's she supposed to do? Yeah. She has no way home. She's supposed to just sleep in this field in the middle of fucking October in Michigan? No. So she starts walking home. Again, eight-mile walk. And while she's walking, she's got her purse, her purple wig. A car pulls up. She gets in the car for a ride. And that's when everything changed. Hmm. Once the police found her body and her costume, they noticed that, you know, the shoulder strap of the costume and the crotch area had both been torn. Fuck them. And they were like, okay, wait, 
but there are blood samples and skin samples on here. So they got them. True. Yes. Okay. Once they get the blood samples from her costume, they put it in CODIS. And guess what? They get a fucking hit. Oh, fuck. Who is it? The DNA belonged to 27-year-old Daniel Clay. So, he had a background of convictions for possessing controlled substance, breaking and entering, assault, assaulting and resisting a police officer, and then theft of tattoo equipment. So, once they got the hit in CODIS, they, of course, put him under surveillance and continue investigating. Through the autopsy, they found that she had fractures on her face and head. The fractures, more specifically, were on her nose, eyes, and jaw. I just, that breaks my heart. And she also had two chipped and broken teeth, which is honestly one of my biggest fears. Uh, Girl, I know they are. You always have those dreams of your teeth falling out. That really is like one of my biggest fears. So police arrest Clay. That's his last name. And he starts talking, but not confessing, but talking. Okay. And he's like, Telling shit that he shouldn't know if he's not the one that did it, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, at first, he's like, I don't know anything. I don't know anything. I don't know anything. But then he's like, well, I did know her. I do know. We, okay, we, okay, we had sex. Mm -hmm. But, you know, she liked it rough. So, I was choking her. And, like, she wanted me to choke her and she wanted me to slap her. But then, all of a sudden... She went limp, so I panicked, drove around, and just cried and didn't know what to do. And so he says, like, basically, he dumped the body. Wow. So the medical examiner was on the stand during the trial because that was his story, was that she liked rough sex and that he accidentally strangled her during sex. But during the autopsy, they found all these fractures and stuff and they actually put blunt force trauma as the cause of death they had to ask the medical examiner because she was found like under you know like i said like branches and all that but they called them logs they're like well if the logs fell couldn't they have caused the fractures on her face and she's like i mean they could have but in you know my professional opinion kind of thing they didn't yeah And then they're like, well, she walked into that pole during the party or whatever the fuck that thing was that she walked into. Mm -hmm. Could those have caused it? And it's like, no, that would not have accounted for all of those facial fractures when she just hit the bridge of her nose. Yeah. The medical examiner also said that it would take like 20 or 30 seconds for someone to lose consciousness if being choked during sex. And that it takes a full two to two and a half minutes or more of constant pressure to die by strangulation. Wow. So it's like... You don't accidentally just kill somebody during rough sex. Mm-hmm. Like, she did clearly pass out in, like, two to 20 to 30 seconds. During the trial, the defense pissed me right the fuck off. Because when Laura was on the stand, the friend that took her to the party, they were like, so, you know, she had um, a large bottle of wine and she was drinking from that. Yeah, she was fucking drinking. She was at a goddamn Halloween party. Yes. Yeah, she was drinking. And then they were like, well, was she using drugs? And she's like, no, she didn't do drugs. And then they they got her friend, her name was Rebecca. They put Rebecca on the stand, and they're like, because Rebecca was her best friend. Like, they hung out all the time. And she's like, so the defense starts asking her about Chelsea's sex life. And they're like, 
of course, the prosecution is like, this is fucking like object. This is irrelevant what her sex life is. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the judge was like, okay, you can ask a few questions. And so the defense was like, you know, basically like, is she promiscuous? Does she like rough, like rough sex, including choking? And the judge was like, okay, 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 hold up. You can ask if she likes rough sex because that specifically pertains to the defense, but you don't get to bring up her whole sexual history. That's irrelevant. It doesn't fucking matter if she had sex with a different guy every single night. She don't deserve to die. Right. Yes. And it doesn't matter. Whatever. It doesn't fucking matter. Well, Jessica Pribble, she was a coworker of Chelsea, but she also had a kid with Clay. The guy, you know, on trial for the murder. And she said that after he got arrested, he called her and left two voice messages. And he said that he was extremely sorry and to tell their son that he loves him. And that he also called and said, like, ball and crying and saying that he messed up and he's going to go away for a long time. Right after Clay was charged with Chelsea's death, he was also charged with a sexual assault that occurred in June of that year. So, supposedly, he walked into this woman's apartment, hit her in the face, yanked her off the couch by her hair, and raped her. Mm -mm. He was found guilty of first-degree murder and was sentenced to life in prison. And that was in 2017. So, it's like her family, it took three years for her family to get any type of closure. Yeah. Well, he's sure getting the monster bashed out of him up in prison i bet mm-hmm. and you know I, i'm just so thankful that they found her body i oh mean because because yes. if they hadn't found her body mm. i mean maybe off the leotard and stuff that they found because of the dna they would have gotten a conviction but without her body her poor family they i mean they would have zero closure i mean not that you really i don't get i wouldn't imagine you ever really get closure when you lose a 22 year old yeah to a senseless murder and i cannot imagine the guilt that the two Two girls that had her purse and didn't have her purse and left and yeah. didn't give her a ride. And I mean, I can't imagine the guilt that they feel, but that is why you have a buddy at parties. Yeah. You do not leave without each other. Mm-mm. The takeaway from this is do not leave without each other. Yeah. I would be devastated if, you know, like mm-hmm. I would rather have a fight that it's like, we're not going to get through this. That 13 years later, we still talk about and laugh our asses off. Yes. At then something really bad happened. I know. You know, like, mm -mm. that completely. Oh, God. You know, here's the thing it's not Chelsea's fault. No. It's not the girls who left her at the party's fault. No. It is Daniel Clay's fault. Yes. He is the one that picked up a girl that he knew, Mm -hmm. you know, and she got in a car with someone she knew because she worked with his. Baby mama, you know, it wasn't, he wasn't a stranger. Even if he was a stranger, she still didn't deserve to die. But, you know, it's, this is nobody's fault but his. Mm-hmm. But there are things that we can do to protect ourselves. Definitely. Have a buddy. And don't leave without your buddy. Well, I think we covered everything at the end of each yeah. story. So we don't have, like, what we've learned, really. Because we've talked about it at the end of each. Yeah. Just uh, trust your gut and keep a buddy. Mm-hmm. One more time. Buddy system. Trust your gut. And remember. Creep it real and, and don't, don't get, get scared. scared.